Ephesians chapter 5, and if you've been with us the past several weeks, you know that the Lord has led us on a journey through a series of messages entitled, Rescuing the Christian Family. Rescuing the Christian Family, and we gave a clear picture of what that family ought to look like from the Word of God. We then traced the family all the way back to its ancient origin where God instituted the family before He ever instituted the law, before He ever made a covenant with Abraham, before Christ ever came to this earth and died. And so we came to the conclusion that the institution of marriage in the family is as ancient as anything that we can find in history. That it is a gift from God and that we should be good stewards of that gift. And in the next few weeks, we're going to be moving into the specific roles in the family. We're going to be moving into the wife's role, to the husband's role, to their role together as parents, to the role of the children who are in those homes according to the Word of God and what that ought to look like for a family who seeks the truth of the Word of God and who seeks to live that truth out in their day-to-day life. I'm going to tell you this before we ever get started. I know that our society and our culture, the world that we live in right now, has been inundated with ideology and philosophy that will contradict everything that I am going to say today. And let me just say this, I'm okay with that. I'm okay that a lost world and their ideology and their philosophy is going to contradict the truth that I'm going to read you and teach you from the Word of God today. I am cool with that. But what I want to do before we ever get started, before we look at this text this morning, I want to ask you, are you cool with that? I want to ask you one question today, are you good with that? Do you want to follow the Word of God or the philosophies of this world? Now, I would encourage you, and I want to ask you to do this, if you're here today and you say, I would rather follow the philosophies of the world, I want to see that by you just standing, please. Now, let's do this. If you're here and you want to know the truth from the Word of God, and you say, I don't want to follow the philosophies of the world because I've done that in my life before, and in following the philosophies of the world, I was following those philosophies directly to hell. And I no longer want to follow those philosophies anymore. But what I want to do is I want to follow the Word of God. How many of you would say, I want to follow in my home, in my family, in my life, the Word of God and the true instructions from Scripture? That's what I want to follow. I want to be a man of God, or I want to be a woman of God, or I want to be a young man of God, or a young woman from God. How many would say, that's me? And so today, as we look at this, I know it is going to be contrary to liberal thinking. When I say contrary to liberal thinking, I'm not talking about politically liberal. I'm talking about theologically liberal. And I'm going to show you today that this is not contrary to God's thinking. This is absolutely positively in line with what God expects in the home. Ladies, I want you to brace yourself. We are going to use the term submit. We are going to use the term submission today. I want to tell you before you freak out and run out and hide, those two terms are in direct opposition to your flesh, just like they are to my flesh. But you just said a moment ago that you don't want the flesh any longer, that you want what God's Word says. That's what you all said. No one stood up because I would have had a great debate. It would have been fun. Either you had nothing to stand on or you were a chicken. But nonetheless, you lost, I won. 
And so the thing is, when we look at this, we want God to win today in showing us the truth of the Word of God. He's going to lay it out there for us black and white. And I promise you right now, ladies, it is going to be contrary to your flesh in so many ways. But aren't you thankful that Jesus died to rescue you from your flesh? Did you know the penalty of your flesh is separation from God and His goodness for all eternity and faces judgment in hell? That is what you choose when you say, I don't want the will of God. So as I look at this today, I want us to understand though society has created for us that submit and submission is a bad word, the Word of God is going to do a wonderful job today. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is going to clear it all up for us. He's actually going to show us the beauty of submission. He's actually going to use the church submitting to the headship of Christ to show us how beautiful it can be. So as we look at this, before you turn me off, because we use the word submit and submission, right? Because I know what the world has told you. You don't have to listen to that stuff. You're empowered to be you. I'm going to tell you today, if you're a believing woman of God, that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are one of His, you no longer have rights to your flesh, you no longer have rights to your life. You are bound by the truth of the Word of God. Let me say this, don't shoot the messenger today. All I'm going to do is unfold the truth for you. And in folding the truth, if you will walk obediently in the things that we are going to see today, I promise you, in the end, we're going to see that there is a great blessing that comes not only to you, but comes to your entire family. And it will bring glory to God, not only in this life, in this generation, but for generations to come as you teach those who are under you, your daughters, your sons, how the family is supposed to operate, how the family is supposed to look according to the Word of God. So let's look at it together. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. And I already encouraged the men outside before we prayed in our men's prayer. I said, guys, when we preach this message today in Ephesians chapter 5 to the ladies, remember your week is next week, so don't skip out, number one. But number two, if your wife is not submitting to the Lord as she should, according to Scripture today, do not try to push her into that. That is not your job. Your job is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if she is a believing woman, lives inside of her. Trust in the Holy Spirit to do His work. Now let me say this. I'm going to tell the ladies the same thing this week and next week about their husband. Also, don't leave here cracking jokes about this. This does not need to be funny this morning. I get in trouble all the time for being angry. Let me say this. I'm not angry. This is serious. With the downfall of the American family, America is falling. Please understand that if God does not rescue the traditional biblical American family, there is no longer any foundation to anything that makes godly sense in this nation. And so we pray that God would rescue your family this morning. Some of you are sliding down a slippery slope. We're going to see in one aspect of seeing Him do that, we have to include the biblical roles in a family. Ladies, this week is your turn. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, it says this. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the Lord is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, which, of which He is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. As we look at this, we're going to break this small passage down, and we're going to talk about it in great detail so that we can give some application at the end. But I want you to see something about this 
small few verses of Scripture here, I want you to see that the first thing that we notice here is the edict of submission. The edict. This is a command. In fact, he says, wives, submit to your husbands. It is a command. Submission to your husband is a mandate. This is not God making some kind of weak, mamby-pamby request. How many of you understand? God doesn't operate like that. He is making a command. The Greek word that he uses here for submit is hop at aso. And it is in the Greek, in the imperative mood. And in the imperative mood, what that indicates is this. And I don't want to bore you with all that stuff, but it's important that you know that. When this word is found in the imperative mood, we have to understand that it is a command from an authority. Now, I know you don't think like this in, in, in modern terms and in modern society. But remember when the Word of God was the authority in the home? When what God said was important and what God said went and husbands would stand up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can do whatever you want to do, but here's what God's Word said. Some of you are old enough that you remember when the Word of God was an authority. Let me just tell you this. It still is. And in the Word of God right here, you just read in black and white an edict for wives to submit to their husbands. It's commanded by God's Word. And I know the first argument that we always get in this. I've been around long enough to know. Well, that's just Paul talking to that one particular place there in Ephesians. That would be okay. Except for he gave the same instructions to the church at Colossae. He says this, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. He used the same term, an authoritative term, that you must submit to your husbands because it's fitting to the Lord, meaning us, it's the Lord's will. It's what pleases the Lord. We see in the latter part here, he reminds them again at the last verse there that we're looking at today in 24, submit to your husbands. He says it again here in Ephesus, but also in First Peter, Peter jumps on this bandwagon, right? On this crazy idea and this crazy thing. It's not crazy. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit to pin the things as the Holy Spirit gave him utterance. And here's what he writes. He says, wives, in the same way, be submissive submissive to your husbands. This is chapter 3 of 1 Peter, verse 1. And he tells them why. Watch this. So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the Savior, by the behavior, excuse me, of their wives. And when they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. This is for all the liberals who say, women, you need a voice. God's Word says you're going to win your lost husbands with a gentle and quiet spirit. Pay attention to what the Word of God says, not to what culture tells you, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. Huh? You mean they didn't go to the makeup counter at Dillard's? They didn't have Mary Kay parties. They didn't buy all the products that they have to buy to look beautiful. They didn't glue their eyelashes on. He said, no, here's how they made themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husband. Oh, God is telling us that there's beauty in submission. There was beauty in submission. Then there's beauty in submission. Now they were submissive to their own husbands. Like Sarah, what an example he used, who obeyed Abraham. Crazy Abraham. 
hundred years old telling his eighty-something-year-old wife, "We're going to have a kid," and she submitted unto him and called him her master. And you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Give way to fear. What does that mean? That means this. The world wants you to fear a position of submission to your husband. Because that's the way that the lost world thinks. They think like this. We have to destroy everything that God has ordained. And God has ordained the family and He has ordained the family as we are going to see today in such a way where the husband is the head over the wife just as Christ is the head over the church and her role should be to submit to Him just as the church's role is to submit to Christ. It's not that complicated. But yet everything that is Christ, the world operates in a different system. They operate in antichrist. They are against everything that is godly. They will promote it with all of the effort and all of the money at every turn. They will throw it in your face and make you think that you are the crazy one for believing in the Word of God. But God's Word commands that the wife submit to her husband. It is an edict, not a request, not him nicely asking. It is him telling you that if you want to walk in my blessing, you will, as a wife, submit to your husband. Well, what if he's not a believer? He already told you that. If he's not a believer, if he's not a believer, that's more the reason than you ought to that you ought to submit to him. I have people all the time, they, they ask me that question, well, well, my husband doesn't come to church, and I have told him and told him and told him, and I have preached to him, and I... Stop! Stop preaching to your husband. What did he say for you to do? Let the beauty of Christ shine from within you, and in doing that, with your gentle and quiet spirit, you are going to be the example of a godly woman that he is going to fall in love with like he never has before. And God will use you then to show him Christ. And before you know it, God is going to flip his life upside down. Not because you nagged on him. Want to try that? How many of you men like that? Huh? I know that you're all scared if I ask a question like this, but I'm going to ask it. In the early service I asked it, my wife was here. She's up in kids' church right now. So I actually went out in the congregation and I sat down with her to show you all. I'm not scared. But I can't do that right now. But I'm going to ask you men just to be brave without me helping you. How many men would be honest and say, I don't like it when my wife nags me? Some of you are courageous. Some of you are still chickens. Some of you haven't been able or allowed to be a man in so long, you don't even remember what it feels like, so you're surely not going to raise your hand. But no, nobody likes a nagging anything. We don't like a nagging boss. We don't like naggy wives. We don't like that. It's, it's contrary to us as men. And so for you ladies who are nagging your husband to come to, come to church with me, come on, you need to come get some Jesus. Stop. Show him Christ. I promise you, I have seen it over and over and over again. People will come to me, I don't know what to do about my unbelieving husband. Here's what you need to do. Love Jesus, shut your mouth, pray for him, and show him Christ by the way you live your life. That is it. And in doing that, you just sit back and you watch how powerful God is and how faithful he is to his word. God promises you in his word that when you do that, your husband's going to notice that. He's going to notice the change in you. Now, God knows that. You know, you know what? God knows this. Men are pretty competitive. He's going to use that against your husband. Because inside of him, whether he knows it or not, there is a desire to lead his home in a godly fashion. And God is going to wake that up in him. 
And when He wakes that up in Him, I promise you this, He's going to stir His soul. He's going to draw Him out of darkness into light. He's going to be saved. And before you know it, you and Him are going to be walking through those doors with all of your children, and you're going to learn how to serve the Lord together. But it didn't come because you nagged Him. It came because you were submissive to Him with that gentle and quiet spirit being obedient to God's Word. Many people say this. They say, well, I think that what Paul was saying was cultural. I'm here to tell you this morning, not only was submission to your husband commanded by God, it's cross-cultural. It crosses every culture. You want me to prove it to you? We just read in 1 Peter chapter 3, didn't we? Didn't Peter agree with Paul, wives, submit to your husbands? Right? No discrepancy there. Let's go to the beginning of 1 Peter. And this beginning really has nothing to do with submitting to your husband. What it does is it defines for us who Peter's actually talking to here. Now let's read this together. Peter, verse 1 of 1 Peter, chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect. That's to all the believers. So for you people who think that this doesn't cross cultural lines, it does. This was not limited to Ephesus. This was not limited to old-fashioned biblical thinking. He's addressing all of those across the world who were born again. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkled by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Let me say this. If you have been called by God, you have been sprinkled by the blood of Christ, you have been cleansed of all your sins according to the foreknowledge of God, and we're not going to get into that debate this morning. But if that has happened in your life and you can count yourself as one of the elect who truly believe by faith in Jesus Christ, if you are one of those, the message of submission is yours. God has commanded you, wives, who claim to be born again, every single one of you, He has commanded you in that same text in chapter 3, wives, verse 1, in the same way be submissive to your husband. Well, it has nothing to do with culture. Oh, we like to say that so we can excuse ourselves from it. But that's not the case for the Bible-believing, born-again Christian. They can't excuse themselves from the Word of God because then conviction rests upon them. And the Holy Spirit moves them toward obedience, which I pray happens this very day in some homes. It's part of Peter's instruction to the church of Christ as a whole. It's been passed down for ages so that we can see it. It's not old-fashioned or outdated. If you're going to say this is old-fashioned or outdated, you're going to have to outdate an old-fashioned salvation and all of you are still destined for hell. Let's just break this party up and go home. That's not the case. It's promises or yes and amen in Christ Jesus. These words are true. They apply to each and every one of us who claim to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So ladies, I say this to you. that You submit to your husband no matter what culture says to you. No matter what your friend at work who's lost, why would you even listen to a lost friend anyways? Whatever family member you have who doesn't believe in Christ, who is not born again, why would you listen to them? What does the Word of God say? The Word of God says very clearly that this is an edict. It is an edict of submission to every single wife, no matter what. The day you were married, you were now in a position of submission to the head of that family, which is your husband, who his head is Christ. We're going to see that clearly laid out for us in Scripture today. So when we look at submission, the word we all despise, we see it's commanded by God's Word, so it can't be that bad, right? We see that it's cross-cultural and it's relevant, so it still applies. I want you to pay attention to this one. It is still considered sinful if it's not obeyed. 
It is still considered sinful if it's not obeyed. You say, what do you mean considered sinful? Did you know what James taught in James chapter 4, verse 7? I believe it's 7. He says this. He says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, what does he do? He sins. So here's the thing. Maybe some of you ladies walked in here and you weren't submitting to your husbands. You were committing a sin of omission. Until the Word of God said that you must, that God mandated that you must submit to your husbands, now it's no longer, if you walk out the doors and choose not to submit to your husband, it's no longer in ignorance. It's not a sin of omission at this point in time. It is a willful act of disobedience. It is a sin of commission. You are consciously aware that the truth differs from your life, and you walk out this door and you say, I'm doing whatever I want to do anyways because it's my life and I don't have to listen to anyone. Let me say this to you today. Please don't listen to me. But it would serve you well as a professing Christian to listen to the Word of God. When you do not submit to your husband and you willfully know this, because you willfully know it now, it's too late. The cat's out of the bag. I already read it for you. Now if you walk out of here and you don't do it, you are willfully in sin. No different than any other sin under the sun that a person willfully dives off into. You are making an active decision to spit in the face of the Savior who gave His all for you, knowing full well exactly what you were doing. And so we look at this, and we look at submission, and we say we must consider it sinful if it's not obeyed. But consider submission to your husband not as obeying your husband, but as obedience unto God. Don't get confused with that. Your, your submission to your husband, though it is obedience to him, first and foremost, it is an act of obedience toward God. So we see the edict of submission. The next thing we see is the explanation of submission. Paul does a very good job of explaining this and creating a picture for us. A wife's submission to her husband, according to verse 22, the second part, he says, as to the Lord. And he's using this illustration to create something for us, a picture. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. The explanation of submission is this, that submitting to your husband is comparable to a believer's submission to Christ as their Lord. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. That's the distinction that he wants you to see. Now, is submission a bad word? Let me ask you this. How many of you are sorry that you submitted to Jesus when you did? When we submitted to Jesus, do, do you remember the struggle that went on that day when God was opening your eyes? And the flesh was wrestling against God, bringing you out of darkness and into light, and all that was transpiring. Some of you remember that. If you're born again, I'm sure that happened in your life. He was opening your eyes, and He was giving you faith to believe, and by His grace, He was calling you out of your sin. You were at that point in time being enlightened to the fact by the Holy Spirit that you were wretched and unacceptable to God, but yet He still in His grace and His mercy sent His Son to die in your place and shed His blood so that your sin could be forgiven. That day all that was going on in your mind and in your heart, and then boom, at the point of submission, it's surrender, right? Jesus said, if any man shall come after me, he must deny himself. When you surrendered and you submitted to the Holy Spirit drawing you under His power, what happened? Bad things or good things? Everything was good from that point, wasn't it? Everything that was bad, you were freed from. Did you know this? You were condemned already according to John chapter 3 and Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Condemnation removed. There is therefore now no condemnation to he who is in Christ Jesus. 
You want to give that back? Came through submission. You said you didn't like the word. It's a great word when we see the beauty of the word, isn't it? That's what Paul wants us to see. When we submitted to the Lord, God took all of the bad things. Our sin, our wickedness. The judgment that we deserve. The hell that we deserve. He took all those bad things. Jesus bore the wrath of God on the cross in our place. He took all of those bad things so that He could lavish us with His love and His mercy and His grace and His forgiveness and eternal life. Now let me say this. If you don't like the word submission, you're going to throw that out of your vocabulary. You're in big trouble, aren't you? And so Paul makes the parallel here. That just as the wife submits to her husband, it should be a picture of the church submitting to Christ out of obedience to who He is. Out of the fact that He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And you all said it a moment ago, I asked you, is He worthy? And you said yes, either you answered the churchy way or you really believe that. Is He worthy? Yes, He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our submission. And husbands, in your God-given role, you are worthy of the submission of your wife. Wives, He's worthy because God has placed Him into that position. You didn't. God placed Him there. He was born a male because God sovereignly chose Him to be a male. I know that messes with some more uh, messed up thinking in our society. And we're not going to go there just this moment. But we know this. We know that Paul is making a comparison and giving you a parallel so that you can see the beauty of submission. Just as the church submitting to Christ is a beautiful thing, thing, wives submitting to your husband is a beautiful thing in the eyes of God. We see the wife's submission to her husband is not only comparable to the believer's submission to Christ, but it's commanded due to God's divine order. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 tells us that, that he says, now I want you to realize that the, the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. He's showing us things about submission here. This is divinely ordered. Man is the head of his wife. I'm going to say this, ladies. Don't get mad at me because I say that this morning. I'm only reading what's in the pages of the Holy Scripture. If you want to get mad about that, get mad about it and take it up with God. Now let me just tell you this. You're going to lose. But go ahead and you take it up with God through prayer or supplication or whatever it is you're going to attempt to try to do to change God's mind. However, He is immutable. And when He wrote this, He meant it. That the husband is the head of the wife. That doesn't make the wife inferior. Please understand that. Uh, because that's what the liberals want to accuse us of, right? Well, if you say that the wife ought to submit to the husband, you're saying that the wife is inferior. She's just garbage to that man. That's not what we're saying. If you're hearing that, you're hearing false ideology that's still coming from the world. That's not what we're saying at all. Here's what we are saying. Please pay attention to this illustration. We are saying that a wife, she is valuable. She is a priceless, handcrafted vase. She is a one of a kind. Did you know this? That is the woman that God made for you. She is priceless, handcrafted by God Himself. There is no one else like her. She is valuable. Now, on the other hand, man is an anvil, a big old block of iron that, that things get hammered out on and things get heated up on. And there's not a whole lot of value to him as far as worth, but if a blacksmith needs him, it's invaluable, isn't it? Now, the wife is that priceless vase. She is the weaker vessel. You want me to prove that she's the weaker vessel? Look, take that anvil and set it on top of that vase and what's going to happen? Huh? 
We know what's going to happen. That anvil's going to crush that base. Why? Because we're men. We're strong. We, we understand what strength and rationale and all those things and logic, the, the world we operate in, we understand those things. Yet she's over here and she is a fragile vase. Priceless. So we're not saying here today that women are inferior. Let me tell you this. Women, your vases, you are priceless to a man of God who is strong in the Lord you are worth so much. So husbands, this is not an excuse to treat your wife like she's a doormat. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying let's recognize God's order that she is the weaker vessel and that the husband is the head of the wife. And that is the way that God designed it because that is the way that God intends for it to go. So we see this. We see that it's commanded through divine order. You guys remember in the garden, something interesting happened. Adam was created. We just looked at this last week. And out of Adam, a woman was created. And so just basic order in, in the scheme of God and everything that He has done shows us that the man is to be the head of his wife because the woman came from man, not the man from the woman. I'll tell you this right now. If God would have opened up Eve's side and pulled a man from her, I would be telling you opposite right now. But basic order of creation and the way God has done things throughout time, the man is still, in God's eyes, to be the head of his household and his wife is to submit to his headship, to his leadership in that home. So we see the wife's submission to her husband is comparable to the believer's submission in Christ. It's commanded due to God's divine order. But I want to help you right here because this is where you're going to struggle. It's contrary, ladies. It's contrary to a woman's fallen nature. It's contrary to your sinful nature that you would submit to Him. I want to prove that to you. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. You, you don't have to turn there. It will be up here. You can. But after man fell and they entered into sin and brought the whole world under the condemnation of sin, God pronounces some judgments upon Adam and upon Eve. Now upon Eve, He says this in chapter 3 verse 16. He says, To the woman He said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. Well, let me just ask this question. Is that true? You ladies who've had natural childbirth, is that true? I know it's true. I was in the room, right? All the screaming, all the yelling, all the blaming me. What did I do? But, here's the thing. That's what God said it was going to be, right? So we can say we know that the Bible's true in that, right? And there's not a woman in here who would argue that that's definitely true to Scripture. Well, so does the rest of this have to be? He says, with pain you will give birth to children, and your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Right here, this battle began. Now, let me show you what that means. It doesn't mean your desire will be for your husband, like you'll look at him and go, ooh, he looks good. That's not what that's saying. We wish that's what that was saying, but that is not what that's saying. It's saying this, you're going to desire his position of leadership. You are going to have problems desiring to control Him. You are going to have problems uh, letting go of the reins. You are going to connive in, in your flesh. And you are going to, to, to scheme behind His back. And you are going to want to control Him in every aspect of your relationship and your home if you're operating in the flesh. I promise you, you don't believe me? Remember when you started dating? Huh? You bought Him an outfit? And you did that because you want, you know, his, his Wranglers and his old untucked shirt were just not enough. You had some friends to impress. You wanted to show all your friends how you had him wrapped around your little finger. Am I lying? And you did that. 
Why did you do that? Because you have a desire inwardly in your flesh to control a man. That is part of your fallen nature. That is part of your sinful desire. That is part of your flesh. It's just part, it's a part of it. It's not going anywhere. You must die to that. Your fallen nature wants to control a man. Your fallen nature wants to have empowerment over men. We hear it all the time, don't we? Buzzword, but empowerment. We want to give women empowerment. So in order to give women empowerment, here's the philosophy of the day. So to make women feel powerful, what we want to do is we want men to dress up like women so they can feel powerful. So that guy who's really a man can act like a woman and say, look how strong this woman is. She's a man. That's why she's so strong. Let me compete in girls' sports now. Yeah, it's just because you never won anything in guys' sports. Oh, what about this? Not just the man who becomes a woman so that women can be empowered. How does that empower women? That degrades women. Women are feminine. Women are beautiful. And that's the way God created them. Not to be men dressed up like women. But what about this? The woman who says, well, I want to be a man to empower women. Why didn't you just stay a woman to empower women? You think in your messed up philosophy and your worldly ideology, you think that in order to give women power, it's for women to transform themselves into men. How does that give women power? But isn't it funny that's what we hear constantly? We're empowering people to be who they are. Really? I don't think so. You're empowering men to be women and women to be men. You don't care at all about people being empowered to be who they are. Now let me tell you this. God wants to empower each of you believing women in this room today to be who you are in Christ. That is true empowerment. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Spirit, when He enters into us, gives us power and He gives us power to die to our flesh and our fallen nature? So in Christ, your desire to control your husband, to be equal with men, to feel empowered, your desire in your flesh to get that and to obtain that all sorts of perverted ways then dies. Even though your fallen nature wants to be equal with man, you realize that's not how God created you. And so we see this. Submission becomes a mark of the new nature in a godly woman. You know what? Lots of people can talk a lot of noise, can't they? Women will talk all the time. They'll memorize Bible verses. They'll put it on their social media. I'm studying my Bible. I'm holy here and I'm holy there. I don't look for any of that. In today's time, you want to see a godly woman? I promise this, you will see a godly woman when you see a woman who submits to her husband as unto the Lord and with the quiet and submissive spirit glorifies God through that act of submission. No amens today, I noticed. No, because this is contrary to our human nature. It's time the church start stop walking in the flesh and start walking in the Spirit, isn't it? Submission is a mark of the new nature. You don't believe me? I promise you this. I submit to Jesus Christ every day because of my new nature. Did you know this? My old nature is still always there plaguing me. Anybody here still deal with the flesh? But here's the thing, if I try to act in my flesh, the Holy Spirit, who is my empowerment, gives me the power to resist my flesh and to walk in obedience and surrender and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so submission is a mark of a true believer. Ladies, if you're submissive in your relationship to God, you will be submissive to your husband. Don't dare lie to someone and say you're submitting to God and you're not submitting to your husband. That's not true. If you claim to be submitting to God and you're not submitting to your husband, you are in disobedience and you need to recognize it as sin and you need to confess it. You need to repent of it this very day. 
So submission is the mark of the new nature. Don't forget that. You're truly born again and you're not submitting to your husband right now. You're miserable as a wife. You just can't figure out why. Now you know. Now you know. So in just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to confess and to repent of our sins. Please do that as the Spirit leads you. So we see the explanation of submission. He tells us that submission is a great, beautiful picture between the church and the Lord. See the beauty that it contains. Be obedient to that. And then we see the example after the explanation. Verse 23, the second part. He says there, His body, of which He is the Savior. 24, Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. As the church submits to Christ, so also the wives should submit to their husbands. Now, do you think a half-hearted submission from the church is acceptable? I'll go ahead and answer that for you. No. In fact, God's Word teaches this. If we seek Him with our whole heart, there we will find Him. You seek Him with a half heart, you're not going to find anything. How many of you have ever tried to do that in the past, to seek God make half-heartedly to make deals, hoping He would just see your side of things? It doesn't work like that. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is sovereign over all. It is when we completely submit to Him that we completely receive His blessings and His benefits. And so as we look at the example here of submission, He makes again another comparison for us. Just as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. You should submit in the same way. Christ is the head of the church, just as the husband is the head of the wife. You should submit to your husband as he is the head of your home. You should teach your daughters and teach your sons that he is the head of the home. He is the final authority. He has the final say. You should submit to your husband as a reflection of what God is teaching us in this text today. The church submits to Christ and his God-ordained position. He's giving us this. Just as the wife submits to the husband's God-ordained position. Husbands, please understand this. You have a great responsibility. We're going to talk about that next week. You have a responsibility that I don't know that there's a more difficult responsibility in all of our human life than to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. We have a responsibility to do that. And I'm not going to talk about that this week because I'm going to talk about it next week. But what I will say is this. You didn't ask for that responsibility, did you? No, He gave it to you. And He gave it to you. The moment you said, I do, you stepped into those shoes. Please understand that. I try to tell that to every couple who I, I counsel in premarital counseling. Look, you're about to step up to the big league, son. You just got the call. This is the hardest thing that you're ever going to have to do because you are going to have to learn to love your wife just as Christ loved the church and you're going to have to give yourself for her. And that doesn't mean to her, for her. That means you're going to have to sacrifice over and over and over and over again. That means the deer lease might go. The bass boat might go. All of the playtime might go. You're going to have to sacrifice to provide for your family and to lead them into the Lord. But you didn't ask for that. But even though you didn't ask for that, that's your position. So guys, I'm going to ask you to take that position seriously. But today what I want to do is I want to say, ladies, take his position seriously. He didn't ask for it. God said he is the head over you. Submit to him because God says to submit to him as the head of your home. And I promise you this. Just as blessings flow to the church that submits to Christ, 
Blessings are going to flow into the home where the wife submits to the husband as the husband submits to Christ and he leads his family. To not submit to your husband, watch this, are you listening? Is to rob your family of the blessings that God desires to pour out into your home. Don't be guilty of that this morning if you are guilty of that. This would be the day that you go to God first and you repent of your sin and you confess your sin. This would be the day that you look your husband in the eye and you say, I'm sorry that I'm not submitting and I'm not following your leadership and not respecting you. Or this, I never knew this was such a serious matter until today and I can no longer continue to live like this. I am submitting to your authority as my husband. I'm submitting to the authority of God in that because God told me to do so. Forgive me when I have been guilty of not doing that. We see the example of submission. The church submitting to Christ. And the church received the benefit. Remember Christ took the beating. Christ died the death. Christ was the sacrifice. But the church received the blessing. Wives, listen to me. When you submit to your husband, you are going to receive a blessing. Please understand that. The world wants to tell you because the world is against everything that is godly. The world wants to tell you this, that if you submit to your husband, he's just going to walk over you like a doormat. Not if he's a godly man, he won't. If you submit to your husband as a godly woman and he's a godly man, let me tell you this. He is going to know that Proverbs 31 is true. Who can find such a woman? She is a treasure. She is a jewel. She is a gift directly from the hand of God. You want your husband to see you as a gift directly from the hand of God? He tells you how right here. Submit to him as unto the Lord. So we've seen the edict of submission, the explanation of submission, the example of submission. Let me finish with this because I want you to see how far this goes. The extent of submission. There's one very important word here at the end. The extent of submission. How far should this whole submission thing go? Let me read 24 for you again in its entirety. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. In what? Everything. Now, let me tell you what the Greek meaning of that word everything is so that I can clear it up for you. Every single thing. Everything. There's no hidden meaning here. There's no bad translation. It's saying, wives, submit to your husbands in every aspect of your life of your marriage, and of your family, of your service to God, of where you attend church, how you handle your finances, how you give, every area of your relationship, submit to your husband. Without exception. Everything. But what if? No, everything. But he, no, everything. But you don't know everything. He doesn't know Jesus. Everything. Even if he doesn't know Jesus. Show him Jesus. By your obedience. Perhaps some of you have lost husbands and they're still lost because you're not being obedient to Christ and doing what you were commanded to do and submitting to Him. Begin to do that today and watch and see if God doesn't rescue your family. God doesn't rescue your husband. How far should submission go? Everything. That exception. In every area of your life. Every area of your service to God. Every area of ministry. Everything that you could think of. Everything that you could write down this morning that is included in family, that is included in the home, in everything. And let me say this, with a God-honoring heart. I don't, do it, don't do it begrudgingly. There's no joy in that, is it? There's no joy in saying, I don't really want to submit to Him, but since God said do it, that's what I'm going to do. You're missing the point. 
I already told you, your, your fleshly desires are to not submit to your husband. And to be a person who controls everything, right? And you're one step closer to this, ladies, if you finally admit this to yourself today and to God. Yeah, I do struggle with control. I've been a witness to this. A lot of ladies in a room having a Bible study and one of them admit this. I, I, have, I have a problem with wanting to control everything. <laughs> and it's like all the other ladies in the room find, oh, you're not the only one. Me too. And it's like, me too, me too, me too. Yeah, because God said you were going to have this problem. You are going to want to control your husband. You are going to want to control every situation in your flesh. Aren't you thankful that you can die to your flesh because you're now in Christ? And because you are in Christ now, you can live in obedience to God and be blessed for that? Do it with a God-honoring heart. I get to submit to my husband. Because there was a time where I didn't submit to my husband. There was a time where I didn't submit to God. And in that, I was destined for condemnation and hell because I had not submitted to my God. But now, since I have submitted to my God and my Savior, the Lord Jesus, I can now submit to my husband as a reflection of Christ and His church and the submission thereof. Submission should be a joy for a true Christian woman. It's not a duty. It's an evidence of your transformation in Christ. Not a duty at all. You get to shine the light of Jesus Christ into your home by following the picture of the church as they submit to Christ. Ladies, you get to bring God glory by submitting to His desire for you. You get to bring God glory by submitting to your husband, which was broken at the fall of man. Did you know that? Adam was told not to eat of the fruit. Eve knew it. She jumped into a position of authority, and in jumping into a position of authority, she drugged the whole family down. Go, go back and read it. It's as obvious as anything that I've ever seen. Adam could have at that point in time said this, Woman, what have you done? No, so what happened is he started following his wife, because his wife wanted to control him. Because she knew that she had messed up. And because she had messed up, she said, Well, I'm not going to, to admit that I've messed up, but here, here, have some of this. And he did. And here we are still plagued with sin because of that decision. And so please understand, when the roles in the relationship are righted by God through the Lord Jesus Christ, the relationship is now restored back to what God wanted it to be in the first place. What it was in the garden before the fall of man. Man fellowshipping with his wife. The wife fellowshipping with her husband. Them together as a family fellowshipping with their God. So what's it going to be? I hope, ladies, that if you desire to see God rescue your home, well, maybe you walked in and said, well, there's nothing wrong with my home. As long as I keep getting to make the decisions, you can't say that anymore. If that's your heart, there's something dreadfully wrong with your home. You can't claim ignorance anymore. You have to say, no, I'm, I'm not fulfilling my role as a godly woman and a godly wife. God, I need your help. But I hope you come to this point today that you say, yes, I, I'm off base and I need to repent of my sin and I need to confess my sin, but also, Kirk, how can I do this, right? Shouldn't that be our question, right? Uh, we've all been in those churches where they say, submit to your husband, submit to your husband, submit to your husband, submit to your husband. Okay, let's go. I'll see you guys next week. No, how do we do this? How does a woman submit to her husband? How is it biblically right? What does that look like? Let me say this. You can't in your own fleshly nature ever submit to your husband. You will continue to resist him. You will continue to rebel him because you are resisting and you are rebelling against God in your flesh. That always results in sin. 
So you can't stay there. That's where you are today. Repent of your sin. And repenting of your sin, you have to turn away from that sin and you have to turn to someone and that someone is Christ. Today, before you can ever submit to your husband, you must submit to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that all this finally makes sense in your life. And it's submitting to Him, the head of the church, the sovereign God and Savior of mankind. And submitting to Him today, you will understand for the first time the blessing and the benefit of submission when He washes you clean of all of your sin. When He forgives you of every wrong thing that you have ever done. When He reserves a place for you in His presence for all eternity because of what Jesus Christ did by dying on a cross for you 2,000 years ago. Today, the first step on this journey, if you're here and you're saying, I want to submit to my husband and I want to see God's blessing in my home, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That's for you ladies. That's for you men. You men who see your wives and they are striving to live godly lives and they're striving to present the gospel with those lives. But you're too manly and you're too prideful to be humble. Today, I pray that God would break you and humble you. I pray today that she would see the reward of her obedience in submitting to the Lord and submitting to you as her husband. Ladies, I pray this. I pray today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that today He would save you. So that you can go home for the very first time and be a woman of God, reflecting the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God into that home. For your husband and for your children and even for the generations to come as you teach them what it means to be a godly woman who submits to her husband in a godly fashion. Then I want you to know that you must do this. You must relinquish your desire to control your husband and your family. Relinquish your desire to control your husband and your family. I don't really have to go into a whole lot of detail there. All I have to do is make that statement and the Holy Spirit will do the convicting where convicting needs to rest. If you're, you're that woman who's constantly trying to manipulate, constantly trying to control, and constantly trying to run your family, today is a day that you ought to repent of that. You ought to turn to God, confess that sin, admit it, and let Him heal your home this very morning. Relinquish your desire to control your husband and your family. Be honest, because it calls for honesty. Part of honesty is confession. Tell God just like that, God, I'm disobedient because I'm not obeying Your Word in this area. And I'm turning from that. And I'm turning to You. And I need the power of Your Holy Spirit to walk in the newness of life that Christ has called me to walk in. I promise you this. He's faithful to do that, isn't He? Every time we ask Him. And then embrace God's instructions of submission to your husband out of obedience to Him. Again, it's not obedience to your husband. It's obedience to God. Embrace this, that Kirk Hall didn't get up here today and make up a bunch of stuff about how you ought to submit to your husband just so I can have my foot on my wife. I'm not going to put my foot on my wife. I put my foot on my wife, she's going to uppercut me. My desire is not to put my foot on my wife. Her desire and my desire are not now to have our way in our relationship. Our desire is both mutually. Is this? We want God's blessing in our home. Teach us how to be obedient and to walk in that blessing. I'm not making any of this stuff up. I have to embrace it. And I have to say this is God's Word and it's true. Everything that I, else that I hear in society, that's false. And it's from the enemy. And it's destroying homes and in fact destroying a country before our very eyes. Then when you do recognize and confess and repent of these things, watch. And see if I'm not telling you the truth. You will receive a blessing from God. There will be a peace that rests upon your relationship and rests upon your home that the lost and dying world would love to have. But they just can't have it without Christ. 
So when they come to you, and they say, what's different about your home? Isn't that a great opportunity to say what's different about our home? Is that at one time, we were fighting against each other, and we were fighting against God, kicking against Him at every turn. And God has done a miracle in our home. He sent His Son, Jesus, to save all of us, and He has saved us, and we are following His Word, and we are being obedient to His Word, and we are glorifying Him and all that He has done for us. Would you like to know about the Jesus who can flip your world upside down for the glory of God, and then give Him the Gospel? Use it as an opportunity. Because I promise you this, when you are walking and you are living in the biblical model of the family, people do come and ask you, hey, what's different? Why are you all so strange? Well, it's not strange to us. It's just pretty simple. Jesus died. He saved us. We didn't deserve it. We submit to Him because He is Lord. And in that, He's given us some instructions. And the instructions are to submit to the husband, and to love the wife sacrificially, and to raise your children in a godly fashion, and in doing that, you're going to produce godly offspring not only for this generation, but for the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation, by teaching them the truth from the Word of God. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank You for this day. We thank You for the truth of Your Word. Holy Spirit, we ask that You would convict lives, that You would break hearts, that You would save sinners this morning from their sins, that You would take families. Lord, as we are praying that You would rescue them from this world, that You would take families and that You would bring revival to those specific families. Lord, save souls, change hearts. Holy Spirit, draw men unto salvation today. We pray these things in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus. Amen.